In today's gospel, Jesus defines, I believe, what it means to be a saint. To be a saint is, is quite simple. As Christ himself said, it, that all of the law and all the prophets is encapsulated in those two laws. To love God with all of our heart, mind, and strength, and our neighbor as ourself. That God is the most important relationship in my life. And from that love I receive from him, I give that same to others. Love one another as I have loved you. But I heard, once heard it said that people love to complicate their lives and then justify why they do it. And so there were 613 laws that the Jewish people were referring to at this time when they asked, what is the greatest law? 613. And Jesus brings it down to just two. And I think we can do the same thing with holiness. I always do it with my image of my life. I always think that to be a saint, my life should look different than it does now. Like if I was actually holy, I would pray more. You know, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be like a monk, like Padre Pio. I'd be preaching like Father Mike Schmitz. You know, I'd be in the, in the church all the time. I'd be with the poor more often. My beard would be a lot bigger. You know, there'd be all these things that would be different from who I am right now that then I would be holy. Then I'd be living the life that God wanted. So I complicate holiness and then I justify why I do it. One thing about my life is I, I love order. I love routine. And I, I do that because I can do the same kind of prayer and exercise, food, everything around that. And I always feel more complete in that. I feel like my life is under my control. And I was telling my spiritual director this one time. And I was telling him why I needed routine in order to be holy. And he said, the only thing that you need to live a holy life is to listen to the voice of the Father and do whatever he tells you. That's it. Don't complicate it. I don't know if you realize, but I was gone for a whole week recently. A lot of the students didn't even realize it until after I left. I didn't really tell anybody. It was a surprise for myself, too. Um, Basically... We had visiting priest Father Matthias coming in, right? Great, great holy Carmelite. And then we had Father Martin coming in last minute to lead the retreat last weekend. And I was in the chapel at one moment, and I just, I was planning on being here the whole retreat, but I was in prayer, and I knew that I needed to go see the seminarians at some point in Bishop White. And I don't like traveling, and I don't like getting out of routine. But I just felt in prayer at that moment, Christ speaking to me and just saying, Let's get away together. As you and I go on a trip. The, the center is taken care of. There's other priests here. And inside, this great like, this desire grew up in me to want to leave. And over that week, I went. It was so beautiful because I went and I saw some family in Salmon who were hunting at that time. And I stayed like one full day there. Then I traveled another six hours up to Bishop White. Stayed a day over there. Then I saw the Carmelite nuns. And I went down to Moscow, stayed a day there. Then all the way to Walla Walla, saw a really good priest, stayed a day there and came back. And each time I had like five hours to drive in between. In between, And I realized that was the happiest moment of that entire trip. Because in that five hours, it was just me and God together. Totally outside routine and structure. And then 
being with him and having my heart filled with him, I could then give myself to the next person that he brought into my life. And when I was coming home, I just had this sense, this this deep sense of, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. This is what holiness looks like. Because everything I was doing that whole week was just listening to his voice and going wherever he led me, which was totally outside my concept of what I thought my life should look like. And that's when I realized, actually meditating on all this, that I've made a mistake with some of the students here. And it's the first time for everything, you know, so I'll publicly own that. But I think I really made the mistake of making people think that their highest priority in life is their vocation. Because I'm a vocation director, and so I'm always talking to young people about if they're discerning priests or if they're discerning the convent. And on top of that, I'm with college students. And college students are obsessed with the next step of their life who they're going to marry, what kind of work they're going to do. And society tells us that your life doesn't begin until you're, you're in a good-paying job, you're independent, and you have your own life, right? But we can make the same mistake, at least I was, with our vocations, that your life doesn't begin until you're out of college, you're married, you're settled down, or you're in seminary. And that's not true. Because who we are before we go into our vocation is more important than our vocation. If I can't live as a saint before I go into my vocation, I'm not going to be able to live up to those standards on the other side. I always use an analogy that our our goal is to, in a sense, build up a ship, learn how to drive it, ride it, and then find somewhere to navigate towards, like have a direction in life, right? And that's true. That's what we're doing with our life. We're building it up. But the problem is who we are before we get in that ship is more important than the ship itself. Because who we are in that ship is what determines everything. And your vocation is not you. Your family isn't you. My priesthood isn't me. We are all individuals before we go into our vocation. And so if I haven't done the work to really be at peace and to love God with everything I am, where I am right now, living as a saint, it's not going to be different on the other side. You know, Marcus Aurelius, he used to travel all, all, he was a commander and a leader of the army, so he'd travel all the time. And one one time, someone asked him when he'd come from uh, Western Europe, what was it like over there? And he said, well, you know how it is. Wherever you go, there you are, Right? That's, that's the one thing. Wherever we go in life, whatever vocation we enter into, there we are on the other side. You know, a friend of mine, he was, uh, he was studying to be a priest for almost 20 years. Almost 20 years, because he had done religious life for like eight years, and then he discerned to be a diocesan priest. And because of that, he had to start all over again. But he said he got to his point where he actually wanted to despair of even becoming a priest because it was just taking so long when he's like 12 years in. Can you imagine like dating somebody for that long? In our culture, I guess a lot of people do that. So it's maybe not a great example, but you shouldn't have to take that long to discern your vocation before getting into it. But he said he had one experience in prayer that totally transformed him. He said he realized in prayer one time before our Lord that my vocation, my calling, my fundamental calling in life is to be consecrated to God. 
to love God with all of my heart, soul, and mind as a celibate man. And whether I do that as a priest or do that as a religious or I stay in seminary till I die, so be it. But who I am is consecrated to God, period. And he said when he was able to find his way of holiness, what it means to be a saint before he even walked into priesthood, it gave him total freedom. And he's that same man, and this was what I love, he's the same man as a priest as he was as a seminarian. On the other hand, I know a lot of people who went through seminary, went through their formation, and they were going crazy. They, they hated it, and they just were, couldn't wait to get married or become a priest. And they were miserable all that time. But then they get on the other side, and they're miserable even in their vocation. If we can't find happiness and joy and contentment with our Lord, if we can't commit ourselves to loving Him exactly as we're called to right now in our life, it's not going to be different on the other side. If I can't strive to be a saint today to make God the most important relationship in my life and give myself to others, I think we might be deluding ourselves to think that everything's going to change tomorrow on the other side. I think the temptation is to think that our vocation will save us. I'm going to say something kind of scary. It's a, it's, a, it's a very hard thought to comprehend or to wrestle with. But just think about what it is. What is the vocation you want in your life? What is it that you hope will happen in your life? And some of you long to be priests, some discerning even convent, many of you marriage, right? And many of you marriage to a specific person. But ask yourself the question, what if it doesn't work out? What if the vocation that you want to have, the vocation that you desire to have, what if in the end you don't get it? Or even worse, or even harder, what if you're in your vocation right now and it's not what you thought it would be? It's not the relationship that you thought you would have. It's not the priesthood or the religious life that you thought you would be with. Can you still be a saint in the midst of that? That's the question. Can you still love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind, and the people that he has put into your life, regardless of how different it is from your expectations of what you thought it would be? We're, we're so good at complicating what it means to follow Christ because we put all of these things on top of the simple command of love God with everything you are right now. Make him the most important aspect of your life right now. And trust that everything will be given to you on the other side. I had a story I wanted to tell you, but I thought it might be scandalous then I thought I'd tell you a lot of scandalous stories anyway, so why not just keep going on that trajectory? Um, but it's something I've been contemplating with this, with this idea, and I think it was one of the most you know, fundamental moments of my life to become a priest who, where I am today. 
But when I was dating, I thought the most important thing in my life growing up was to get married. And then I met a wonderful girl in high school and we stayed together in college together. And I thought in my mind, I could lose every other thing and that's okay as long as I don't lose this relationship. It's the most important thing. And in college, you know, she was a very good Catholic girl. I was striving to be a good Catholic man. So we both vowed we're going to stay pure until marriage. Something very deep within both of us. And I went there and someone once told me and said, if you don't have sex with her before marriage, then the likelihood that you guys are going to stay together in college is going to be very low. Because a lot of people will actually go into premarital relations because they're afraid to lose the other more than just affection. And I had this thought go through my mind when this person said this to me. I said, well, if I were to do that, if I were to sin, then maybe we will stay together. Maybe we will get married. But I'll never know if it was God's will because I did it on my terms. Or what if we do that and then we break up? And then maybe it was because I sinned that led to us falling apart in the end, which is the last thing I wanted. But then I thought to myself, well, if I stay true to God's commandment, if I stay faithful, then we break up. I can always trust that it was his will. Or if I don't do it and we get married, I can live the rest of my life knowing I put my foundation strong on his commandment and we're together because of that. And the scariest thought in my mind was to lose her. But I realized in that moment, I had a choice between loving God or choosing myself. It wasn't a matter of choosing God and choosing her. Because if I had chosen to sin, it was really myself I was choosing. And that's not loving her. Because when we love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and all of our mind, that's the only way we can truly love those around us at this present moment who he puts into our life. And she's happily married with children. But I have a lot more children than her, so I'm winning now. Right? And so this is great. I can't imagine what my life would have been otherwise. And I never would have envisioned myself as a priest at that time. But all I knew was, this is the right thing that I'm being called to do at this moment. And because, by the grace of God, I took that step, all of my life has has unfolded into this incredible miracle of the priesthood. The question we just have to ask ourselves, the saint, to be saint, to be a holy person, is not on the other side of our vocation. Whatever you're going through right now, wherever you are at your life, can you be a saint? Can you put God as the most important relationship in your life and love with all of your heart, according to his commandments, those he has placed around you at this moment? If you can do that, and we will truly fulfill the two greatest commandments that God told us in Jesus Christ that we must live. And that is the way that we truly live sanctity in our life. And we will find from that the true vocation every single one of us is meant to live.